0: Hey guys, welcome back to Some Sanity with Morgan Zeggers. Uh, Just a refresher, this is a weekly podcast. I also put a video version on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and then also follow me on all the podcast platforms if you prefer that audio jazz, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate you guys coming in every week. Uh, I think it's really awesome. And if you're new, welcome. Um, I want to get right into this, you guys. Welcome to America's Elitist Dystopia. This week, we are going to review a string of recent events and situations that I've kind of seen popping up over the last week or so because they've all carried this super creepy theme of elitist dystopia. And I think it's so important for us to not only talk about it on this episode, but just to be aware of it so it can. Track bracket moving forward. It is freaky. Let's get started. Um, First, so just to let you guys know, I want to kind of do a little summary of it, and then we're going to go through three examples that I've seen in the last week that have just been asinine. Up first, I want to talk about how we're facing this really unprecedented situation. Uh, So pretty much in America, elitists the richest of the rich, you know, the the highest of the high of society, if you will, the establishment, and the eat the rich leftists who are, you know, the ground movement, the people that usually hate the establishment and hate the higher ups, they are united and they are actively working together, whether they know it or like it or not, whatever. They're actively working together for the same agenda, the same mission, and ultimately, they're working against the average american the average classical liberal the average capitalist the average republican democrat these people are not only going to you know go against the conservative right they are truly against the classic american lifestyle and what i think is so fascinating and unprecedented about this Is that usually when you have a leftist takeover, when you see a country slip into socialism and then communism and that kind of authoritarian style of government that leads to a dictatorship, you usually see it where the socialist left rises up, they take over, they put their cronies in charge, they seize control of every aspect of private society, and then they can just continue on in that dictatorship, that kind of authoritarian regime. But America kind of skipped that step and that's what's so interesting. So first let's consider what happens when you talk to average American people on the right, on the left about socialist Venezuela. So many of the people that deny that Venezuela is socialist will usually say something like, oh my God, but Venezuela has like X percent of private companies, Morgan. They're capitalists, like they're not socialist. Socialism is like when you take over everything, right? The, well, there's private companies in Venezuela. Okay. Technically, on paper, there are private companies in Venezuela, but what's actually happening here? The socialist regime was democratically elected into power. They seized the means of production of major industries, and then one by one, they also started to pick out small businesses, large businesses in the country that were private, and they said, we want to control those too. And so whether they seized the means of production of an industry, whether they took over private individual businesses, or here's the trick— Or they just took their cronies, the people in the regime, the people friendly to the regime, the the proud socialists, they took those people and they put them in charge of the large corporations and large companies. So technically it's not controlled by the government, you catch my drift, but who's in charge basically it's like a bureaucrat being put in charge of that private company so you can technically say there is a percentage that's what you know i kind of assumed would happen in america where the left starts to gain that kind of power they start to take over major industry they start to control these businesses because that's usually the required step america skipped that step now instead of the left having to go through that whole process to control america business or american businesses and the business titans of the economy we just have the, the major corporations and business titans of America, especially in big tech, willingly and joyfully participating in the process of destroying American culture, lifestyle, our capitalist economy, our, our representative style of government they're just willingly joining in without having to experiencing without having to experience that step of being taken over and replaced with a socialist leader with a leftist and it's so weirdly sad and fascinating you know as a history buff i'm like what is going on because it's happening right before our eyes as like day by day week by week we see new developments in this and so i'm i'm struggling between this sense of like deep sadness for my country but also fascinated by what we are witnessing because i think 100 years from now, 200 years from now, people are going to look back at this in the history books and go, what the heck were they thinking? They were so blind. They were so ignorant. They were so naive. Those silly Americans, look what they've done. I can't believe that they would allow that to happen. And the fact that people aren't recognizing these classic steps taken throughout history to take over a country and and really ruin it with a socialist communist takeover. But either way, back to the core message of it. We are having the elites, the richest of the rich, in bed with the eat the rich leftists. And that's what's so fascinating. So that's why we see like big uh, Silicon Valley, big tech in bed with the same leftists that are trying to censor their political opponents. They're doing the same tactics, but they have different ways to leverage their own power. Very interesting. That takes us into what we're experiencing right now, this, this growing sense of dystopia of ultimately control over people who disagree with you, who will not comply, who do not agree with the, you know, right think. We are the wrong thinkers, if you will. So example number one of what the heck happened over the last week. I go on Twitter, right? I, I just feel like it's the same story every time. I go on Twitter, I see something and I like just take turn my phone down I put my phone down I turn the screen over and I just go oh my gosh like I'll, I'll take a look at that in a few minutes I just need to like get back into my other things so first let's take a listen to what happened here we have Dr. Leanna Wen, a public health professor at George Washington University she had something to say about COVID messaging and freedom
1: vaccinated, you can do all these things, hear all these freedoms that you have, because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway.
0: So you guys, first of all, oh (laughs) oh my gosh, look how they talk about us. Look how they talk about us. We need to be guided with a carrot on a stick by the government bureaucrats and the leftists who want to control every aspect of our lives. I saw this and I saw it when Jesse Kelly shared it. Side note, I think he's awesome. He's really great. And what he said was, quote, America's communists are no different than communists have always been, end quote. I think that's exactly spot on because this is, again, just a classic tale. Tale as old as time situation of freedom versus the false sense of security that you get when you give up your freedom and give government more control of your life. And so what we're seeing here is that government knows we want something. We want those freedoms, right? Because apparently we don't have those in America. We have to just, you know, beg them, beg for them from the government. Uh, We have these freedoms and the left knows it. The government knows it. The bureaucrats know it. The health professionals and experts know it. And so they're trying to leverage our desire to just live normal lives and be free again by saying, well, if you do X, Y, Z, we'll let you do it. If you carry a vaccination card, if you want to go back to college, I just saw Rutgers University is now requiring vaccination proof to go to fall 2020 semester. It's insane. So they're basically using our desire to want to just live a normal life and participate in society again to make us comply with their ridiculous demands. What's so interesting in this concept of false sense of security versus freedom and being able to live your own life. Uh, I always like to go back to that victims of communism poll that came out in 2020, because like I said, that poll, I've said it in other episodes, that poll is so crazy in the sense that it shows how ignorant Americans are to history, world history and American history. And it also shows a growing support for socialism. So I think the support for Gen Z's, uh, or Gen Z support for socialism from 2019 to 2020 went up 9%. Uh, in 2019, the VOC poll showed that 70% of young Americans would vote for socialist. Um, but that being said, the 2020 VOC poll showed all these growing numbers of support for socialism and for big government, but at the same time also showed that only 5 to 6% of young Americans trust the government. So I think with that number in mind, I'm very positive and hopeful that as this situation of, you know, carrot on a stick and and forcing us one way or another to rely more and more on the government for freedom in America, we're going to see that number come into action. We're going to see that number come to play with young Americans as they start to be like, I don't trust you guys for crap anymore. okay? and I think they're going to start to stand up and revolt. That's at least my hopeful take on that. I could also have a much, much doomier and gloomier take on that as well. Example two, let's move into example two. A tweet from the Daily Caller reads, quote, NBC's Lester Holt declares that fairness is overrated and that the idea that we should always give two sides equal weight and merit does not reflect the world we live in. Let's take a look at the video.
1: The unprecedented attacks on the press in this period, I'm sure, will fill plenty of books and be studied in classrooms, maybe even here. But I have a few early observations I'll share about where this moment brings us and what we can learn. Number one is, I think it's become clearer that fairness is overrated. Well, before you run off and tweet that headline, let me explain a bit. The idea that we should always give two sides equal weight and merit does not reflect the world we find ourselves in. That the sun sets in the West is a fact. Any contrary view does not deserve our time or attention. Now I know recent events assure that you won't have to look far to find more current and relevant examples. I think you get my point. Decisions to not give unsupported arguments equal time are not a dereliction of journalistic responsibility or some kind of agenda. In fact, it's just the opposite. Providing an open platform for misinformation, for anyone to come say whatever they want, especially when issues of public health and safety are at stake, can be quite dangerous. Our duty is to be fair to the truth. Holding those in power accountable is at the core of our function and responsibility. We need to hear our leaders' views, their policies and reasoning. It's really important, but we have to stand ready to push back and call out falsehoods.
0: Okay, so just like the anti-fascists of Antifa, right, you know how they're incredibly fascist with their anti-fascist crusade, uh, the media is doing the exact same thing because they are doing the action that they claim to be fighting against. Second, what Lester is doing right now is a classic leftist tactic. It's called legalizing his own plunder. Allow me to explain. So uh, this requires, first of all, a little reading session. We're gonna have a little librarian, Morgan, coming out to play. Um, one of my favorite books is The Law by Frederick Back yet. And I want to read, it's not a book. It's like a pamphlet that has printed as a book now. Um, But I just want to read something from my copy. It's from page seven, eight. It's called the results of legal plunder. It is impossible to introduce into society a greater change and a greater evil than this, the conversion of the law into an instrument of plunder. What are the consequences of such a perversion? It would require volumes to describe them all. Thus, we must content ourselves with pointing out the most striking. In the first place, it erases from everyone's conscience, the distinction between justice and injustice. No society can exist unless the laws are respected to a certain degree. The safest way to make laws respected is to make them respectable. When law and morality contradict each other, the citizen has the cruel alternative of either losing his moral sense or losing his respect for the law. These two evils are of equal consequence, and it would be difficult for a person to choose between them. The nature of law is to maintain justice. This is so much the case that in the minds of the people, law and justice are one and the same thing. There is in all of us a strong disposition to believe that anything lawful is also legitimate. This belief is so widespread that many persons er, have erroneously held that things are just because law makes them so. Thus, in order to make plunder appear just and sacred to many consciences, it is only necessary for the law to decree and sanction it. Bada bing, bada boom. Okay, so legalizing your own plunder is to take an immoral and unfair and wrong action, something that usually you would assume would be illegal, and or wrong in general, and making it into a new narrative, pushing it into a new narrative of, oh no, that's actually the moral and fair thing to do. It, it, it's actually normal for us to be pushing this. And so it's just distorting the narrative here. So here's some background on this. Uh, Bastiat was a French political philosopher and economist, and he wrote this pamphlet back in 1850. Most of his work was written in the years leading up to and kind of immediately right after the French Revolution of 1848, when France was turning completely socialist. Side note on this, uh, you know how people always send me like guillotine death threats. I talk about this quite often. Like they don't just say you're going to the the gulag. They say you're going to the guillotine and you're getting your head chopped off. Uh, When we saw Chad, and chop. They talked about how they want to chop off the heads of their opponents and people who get in their way. That was disgusting. But again, it's that reference back to the French Revolution where they guillotine chopped everybody's head off. So little side note, little history fact for you there. Now, His book specifically, you guys, uh, The Law by Frederick Bastiat, it's about law and justice versus injustice, and it's from an economic anti socialist lens. Now, for that specific angle, I think of immediately to when AOC gets on stage and she demands that you can't possibly earn $1 billion and that it's immoral for them to have that much money. They couldn't possibly have earned it in a fair and moral way. So it's only natural that we take it back. It's actually the more fair and moral thing to do. Uh, We're just taking back what they stole she is legalizing her plunder or at least legalizing the concept in people's minds and so she may not be like distorting the law yet but she's getting people okay with the concept of taking his money or billionaire's money in exchange for that sense of oh that's actually the moral thing to do so let's look at an example of her using this language i just want to drill down that a little bit more though. why specifically does you know i'm I'm Joe Billionaire. I made widgets. I sold those widgets. I made mm-hmm. billions of dollars, you know, yeah. selling those widgets, making those widgets. Therefore, those billions of dollars are right. mine. Why am I the enemy of healthcare? Well,
2: you didn't make those widgets, did you? Mm. Because you employed mm. thousands of people and paid mm. them less than a living wage mm. to make those widgets for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You didn't make those widgets. Mm. You sat on a couch mm. while thousands of people were paid modern day slave wages Mm -hmm. and in some cases real slave, real modern day slavery, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on where you are in in terms of food production. Mm -hmm. um, You made that money off off the backs of undocumented people. Mm -hmm. You made that money off of the backs of um, black and brown people being paid off a living wage, under a living wage. You Mm -hmm. you made that money off of the backs of single mothers. And all of these people who are literally dying Mm -hmm. Because they can't afford to live. Mm -hmm. And so no one ever makes a billion Mm -hmm. dollars. You take a billion Mm -hmm. dollars. And it's not... And all of that to say Mm -hmm. is that it's... And I'm not here to, to villainize and to say billionaires are inherently morally Mm. corrupt Mm. but they are (laughs) some disagree (laughs) with me clearly Um, I mean there I think there is a case but um but it's not it's not to say that it's to say that this system that we live in life in capitalism always ends in billionaires Mm. if you don't do it someone else will Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's who decides to make that choice, mm-hmm. is kind of just up to, you know, circumstance. Mm.
0: But so what she's doing right there is she's telling people that those rich people in America couldn't have possibly morally earned that money in the first place. They had to have stolen it from the workers, either by not paying them enough or whatnot. Either way, they sat on their couch while other people worked to make the product and then they stole the profits. And so in our minds, what we usually would think is, oh, it's not fair to take money from someone that they earned. They're telling us that these rich people didn't even earn it in the first place, they stole it. So it's actually more moral and more fair. That's the right thing to do, to take their money back. It's not stealing, we're taking it back because they stole it from us. She's legalizing her plunder. And when they actually make that into law, that would officially be legalizing the plunder. So let's get back to Lester Holt's clip from NBC. And how he is using that same tactic of legalizing plunder, but just not for you know the economic or socialist case that Bastiat's talking about, or like I showed with AOC. Instead, he's doing it for his desire to suppress political opposition, discourse, and information. So, he's not trying to convince us to be okay with silencing the right or anything. He's actually just making the case that it's moral and right for us to just leave them out in the first place, because they aren't worthy or moral enough to be included in the conversation at all. It's it's not him saying, "Oh, there's half of the country that disagrees with us and we shouldn't include op- opposing political thought or discourse. In fact, they're actually dangerous because they're lying, so they don't deserve to be in the fair and moral discourse conversation in the first place." So he's normalizing the concept of getting rid of opposing political thought by getting us to think that that's not actually fair and moral discussion in the first place and they shouldn't be involved legalizing his, his concept of plunder, which again, isn't economic in his case, but it's more so just a very immoral action. And it's something that Americans have usually stood against from the beginning. We are a, a country based on capitalism and classical liberalism, the concept that we should defend each other to our deaths to disagree, to be able to disagree. We should defend our opponent's ability to disagree with us without um, fear of consequence. All right, uh, example number three. Let's move on to example number three. Have you guys heard of this well health safety seal? Ooh, sounds freaky, right? Uh, basically, everyone I know on Twitter has had the same reaction to this, and it's, it's just like what the H-E double hockey sticks, and some people have used harsher words. Uh, an article from Red State by Nick Arama is titled, quote, first vaccine passports, now comes well health safety seals promoted by celebrities. Let's read some of this article because I really liked it. Uh, Thank you, Nick. I really like his work, actually. Quote, We've been reporting about how the Biden White House is considering vaccine passports for people to use to get into events, businesses, travel. Remember when people posited those might be coming and people poo-pooed it as a conspiracy theory? The vaccine passports are already underway in New York State to get into events. With theirs, you have an app with a QR code on your phone that is then scanned showing that you have been vaccinated before you can get in. Interesting. Uh, Folks on both sides of the political aisle are raising concerns about the vaccine passport idea. Democrat and Clinton supporter Naomi Wolf is concerned about the government having your health information. Good point. And in essence, then being able to dictate where you can and can't go. That's basically what New York is doing. She also. She's also concerned that there is a platform and precedent to load anything onto the platform that could potentially lead to something like a social credit system and control like the CCP has. Then there's the World Health Organization, who you would think would be for it, you know, I kind of assumed they would be, but have actually come out against it largely because of the inequity of people who may not have access to vaccines and they might be locked out. Not to mention a whole raft of privacy and constitutional questions. But now there's more, and all of the liberal celebrities are pitching it. It's called the, quote, Well Health Safety Seal. So you guys, now I want to watch this video that came out, kind of, you know, first displaying what the concept of this Well Health Safety Seal is. And it's a video featuring people like Jennifer Lopez, Lady Gaga, Robert De Niro, a former U.S. Surgeon General, and more. Let's take a look. If you want to
2: get back to your favorite places and feel confident they have put your health and safety
0: first,
1: look for the Well Health Safety Seal. Look for the Well Health Safety Seal. Look for the Well Health Safety Seal. I'm Dr. Richard Carmona, the 17th Surgeon General of the United States of America. This is the Well Health Safety Seal from the International Well Building Institute, the global authority Unhealthy buildings. The Well Health Safety Rating was
2: informed by years of research and input from hundreds of leading virologists, public health experts, epidemiologists, and building professionals around the world. You'll see it at schools, offices, banks, childcare centers, all the places we go.
1: The Well Health Safety Seal means that we'll feel better going into restaurants, theaters, stores,
2: hotels, stadiums, and all the places that we love.
1: Everything may look the same, But the Well Health Safety Seal means that your health and safety are top of mind when it comes to cleaning and sanitizing procedures,
2: air and water quality management,
1: emergency preparedness programs, and health services.
2: So look for the Well Health Safety Seal outside and feel
1: more confident going inside. Learn more about the Well Health Safety Rating at wellhealthsafety.com. All right, so I'm not, I'm not exactly
0: sure what's worse about this, whether it's the new world order concept, or the creepy dystopian vibes that you get from their voices, or uh, the really bright, like weird video aesthetic. It's almost like like Black Mirror almost. Uh, Or I I think what's also really frustrating is, is that the fact that they're like completely hypocritical in their concept of like protecting the working class, protecting the people at the bottom, right? Because it's super elitist to hold a gun to small and big businesses like this. They're basically scaring the heck out of Americans, telling them it's not safe to go to businesses, it's not safe to participate in society, right? And then they're telling the businesses that if they do ever wanna succeed, and if they do want people to feel safe in their building, then they better pay up for this sticker. And I heard these stickers are expensive, by the way. So they better pay up for these stickers just to be put on their window, or people won't feel safe to enter their businesses until this is all over. And uh, guess what, you guys? This is never going to be over. If you haven't you know, figured that one out, yet, Yet. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but it's, it's pretty obvious at this point, this is never going to end. And so what they're doing is saying, you better pay up thousands of dollars for this sticker on your window for people to feel comfortable during this pandemic that's never going to end. It's not like we're returning to a new normal and, or, or original normal anytime soon. So those are the kind of situations that we're dealing with. They're all asinine. And a lot of you guys have been asking me what you can do to keep the faith during these creepy times, Uh, what you can do to protect yourself and your family from this really overarching uh, government and from what's coming down the road if this dystopian style of America continues. I think the big lesson here gets back to that that original concept of freedom versus a false sense of security. What would you prefer? Let me know. Because remember the video we played in the beginning of the leftist woman claiming that, you know, they've got to keep dangling a carrot on a stick in front of our faces to get us to comply with their ridiculous rules and covid requirements and ridiculous restrictions. That's because they have taken freedoms from us and they know we want them back badly and they can leverage that need and that desire for our freedoms to be back to us, our ability to just participate in society again and take care of ourselves, go back to our jobs. They're leveraging that desire over us. So from here on out, we need to give them as little leverage as possible over our lives. The only time I want to be interacting with the government is when I pay my taxes every April. I don't want to hear it other than that. I want to have as little communication with them as possible other than like my local government. I think they're awesome. Texas is great with like county and local government stuff. But back to the point, if we as individuals and communities are able to provide for ourselves, if we're able to take care of ourselves and those of us around us, uh, Without relying on big government and these tyrants, we are going to be free during the situation when they're leveraging our needs and desires over our heads like this. We won't even have to care about their stupid carrot on their stupid little stick like that, that they're never actually going to give us, by the way, because we won't need it. Because guess what? We're gonna be so good in our own lives that we don't need their carrot. We have like a bushel of our own carrots in a basket on the counter of our kitchens. We're gonna be rocking and rolling without them. And we are going to have purposeful lives. We're going to be fulfilled. We're gonna have love and joy and freedom in our lives and in our households. And we can just look at these government bureaucrats and be like, F off. If you think you're gonna leverage anything over me because I have everything I need right here what does that mean though? You know, like the, you know, I kind of just went on a rant about a bushel of carrots, but what does that mean in the real world? It means that I challenge every single one of you to become as independent, as self-reliant, and as personally strong, whether that's mentally, physically, spiritually, as strong as possible. Am I freaking you out when I say that? You know, I I am a little sorry if I'm freaking you out, but I'm serious, you guys. I kid you not. I do not want myself or anyone listening to this or anybody that I know to be in a place where we have to comply with these tyrants because this is just the start. I promise you that. This is just the start, and I don't want any of us to be in a place where our needs and desires are being held over our head, leveraged by bureaucrats in the government. So... I, I don't want to have to comply with these people and do whatever they demand just to get like a little nip at their fake carrot on a stick. Right. So what are some things that we can do to kind of finish off this podcast it was a little shorter than usual. What are some things we can all immediately do as this massive shift occurs in our country? I can tell you what some some initial steps that I'm making. It's not gonna be like a twenty four, you know, twenty four hour chain where it's like boom, one day in and I'm already, you know, the freest individual possible. I'm just telling you, I'm gonna start planning my own food. I'm going to make sure that I am always seeking my own health care. I will never rely on the government for health care. It's a huge way that socialists and communists have taken control of people and countries in the past because it's something that, you know, you need to survive in many instances. Uh, And so what we saw in countries like Venezuela and other socialist and communist countries That's what happens is they leverage things like health care that's then controlled by the government over your head to get them to comply, to get the people to vote for you again in the fake elections, stuff like that. Um, What's another thing? I'm going to keep strong ties with my local community. So think local, town GOP, think town political parties, specifically, you know, I'm a Republican, but uh, think town VFWs, Rotary Clubs, all of the kind of community engagement that we need to start seeing instead of the engagement that we see at a national level with these like fake political movements on the left I'm also going to have I've decided this I'm going to have every life and survival skill necessary to be completely self-reliant that's something that I'm going to be working on because I'm never going to put myself in a weak position not only with the government but with any higher power I hope you do the same I want to become fully independent fully self-reliant and as strong as possible as I can be mentally, physically, spiritually. That's my mission as we start to see this elitist dystopian America on the rise. I hope you guys do the same. Okay, I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in.